Good evening, Professor. How are you tonight? I am well, young lady. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hmm. Cold weather. I know. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I almost feel like buttoning up the top button. Yeah. Just a little rough. You can just feel it even inside the buildings. Now. I know. But it anyway. went from like the 50s to the 20s. Mm -hmm. Too quick. Too quick. A big change. But I guess that's life. So tonight we're talking about how to address those people that will not help. Isn't it something? I thought everybody was always helpful. Yeah, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, would you do it for me, I think. I uh, can't answer that one. No, we are going to talk about tonight, uh, subsequent meeting that we have with the experts. Uh, we're going to be dealing with uh, family, siblings in particular, that don't want to help you. Uh, I'll touch on that in just a minute, but for our basic conversation tonight, again, we're going to turn to the Bible and talk about a story about someone it wasn't once, it wasn't twice, it was three times a uh, no helper. Oh, <laughs> In fact, it went a little bit. <laughs> I, I thought you kind of caught that. <laughs> You're pretty good. You're quick. Huh? <laughs> well, let's talk about, though, why people don't want to be helpful. We'll start that way. Okay. Um, first thing, what's in it for them? I, I mean, let's just be honest. That, that's how I look at things in life. You know, you want me to help you. Of course, you're the boss, so I, I will. But what's in it for me? Well, if I want to be able to stay around you and keep doing this, I guess I'll do so. Uh, so if you're employed by somebody, that answers that question. Uh, but what if it is a sibling or a friend or whatever? Well, you know, I would say, well, no. a friend should because they're my friend. Uh, the sibling should because they're my sibling. Maybe that's why they don't want to. Uh, <laughs> so let's start with the first issue. And these are just general issues. One, motivation. You know, maybe there's no motivation for them. I mean, it's not all about money, but they don't see how they're going to get anything out of this or that it's going to benefit them or help them. And the particular situation I'll present tonight is that the parents want the siblings to work together for an event, and the parents are quite elderly. And so it's there's a you know upcoming, in this case, Christmas. And so the question becomes, they also tell the eldest, as usual, of their children, you're going to have to coordinate this, you know, because the rest of them really just can't do it. So you got to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and probably if he wasn't the eldest, whoever the eldest sister is, I know they gave that to my sister. Of course, she was older than I. They knew better than to give it to me in coordinating <laughs> things. And so right. the, the issue becomes, again, what's the motivation for the others? Well, maybe they want to put the party together. They enjoy that thought. But the bigger issue, and even the, the elder sibling here, she didn't want to think about the cleanup. Nobody wants to sit around for the cleanup. As far as I'm concerned, pay for it. Let's get it over. With. You know, <laughs> the partying's great. You know, we'll help with that. But the afterwards, it's, it's time to get lost. And so that's what the elder sibling wants to address here. And then you have to ask, well, what's going on there? Well, it could be again the motivation part. Who wants to clean up? Uh, it could also be that um, they've had some past experiences together when they work together in this light, not putting the party together, which is a lot of fun, you know, and orchestrating it uh, and actually unboating it. But the after who's going to clean up this mess, who's going to do that, et cetera. And mm, that could be a problem. Uh, the other is there just could be some hard feelings, period. There's other issues that the siblings have been fighting over. Who knows? Maybe the parents are old enough. They're fighting over the money already. The parents aren't even gone. I don't know. But there's some underlying issues somewhere. 
Well, anyway, the, the bottom line, the person who the elder sibling is going to have a meeting with the parents and the siblings. And it's going to be one of those where they're going to have to hash out all of that. So, see, you don't even have to come to the next presentation, but you might want to hear what the expert has to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they and they're going to name it, you know, this is uh, for our parents to show our love. Have a little nice name on it, too, before they all get together. And they're going to give them about a week, a week and a half, so they can all get their thoughts together because they're going to hash this out. So that's one issue, people who don't want to help you. But there's other type of people that we're going to talk about tonight. And there are people who don't want to help you, too. Uh, however, there are people that want to get in your way. <laughs> They're what I would call at work uh, unsupportive colleagues, if we might call them that. Uh, some people would say they're troublemakers. Others would say, well, they're, they're the ones that want to see you not become successful. So, again, there's different uh, terms to use for these people. But tonight we're going to talk about three terms. Uh, just taking a peek here, we're going to talk about the underminer. We're going to talk about the critic and the saboteur, you know, mm -hmm. who sabotages things. And we're going to have the story of Joseph again, the coat with many colors. So let's talk about Joseph a little bit. I'm not going to take them in this particular order, so I apologize. But I like the saboteur, so I'm going to talk about being <laughs> sabotage. Let's go for the big times. <laughs> so let's get some history. I know we've talked about this before, but I'm just going to go back to be sure my mind's right. And you're with me on this. Joseph was the son of Jacob. Right. Hmm. <sighs> Jacob had left his father's place because he took his eldest brother's birthright, Esau. And Jacob's mother... Rebecca told him to go to her brother, Laban, and that he would take care of it. So I remember um, Jacob did so. And so Jacob didn't have any children with uh, Rebecca, all right? But she was the prettiest one, and he wanted her. But remember, Laban gave him, instead of Rebecca, to begin with, he gave him Leah, right? So Leah was the first, and of course he did that because he said, well, the eldest daughter has to marry first. And so anyway, Jacob thought he'd been working seven years to get a pretty one because she was beautiful, but he didn't. He got the one that was kind of, what did they say, uh, tainted in the eyes or eyes not as shiny as the Bible would put, weak in the eyes. That one. Weak in the eyes. Yeah. So anyway. And also, Rebecca could have children for quite some time. In fact, it was Leah who was giving the children to Jacob. But as Jacob was getting older, Leah finally gave him a child. And it was Joseph. Now, Leah gave him a child? I'm, I'm sorry. Rebecca, Rebecca gave him a child. My apologies. Rebecca okay. did. Sorry about that, folks. The pretty one, Rebecca. Okay. She finally gave him a child years, years, years down the road. And by the way, she did give him a second child as well, who was Benjamin. And she died in childbirth, giving Benjamin, according to the scriptures. So now we got Joseph, and now Benjamin will come later. Let's focus on Joseph at this particular time. Joseph was the most loved of Jacob, again, because he loved Rebecca more than he loved Leah. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this intertwining that's going on here, at this point, um, um, 
you know, I'm saying Rebecca, and I apologize. I was it's say, Rachel. Okay, okay. I was thinking that you had said Rebecca was the mother. Of Jacob. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, folks. There's too many R's going on here in my mind. <laughs> okay, no. Okay, so fine. we're talking about Rachel. So just to go back real quickly. Okay. <laughs> Jacob had Leah first for his wife. He thought he was working for Rachel, but he got Leah instead after working seven years. But after his wedding week, Laban, the father, gave him Rachel, and she turned around and was with him. And so he worked another seven years to work it off, if you want yeah, to call yeah, it yeah. that. So, now, Rebecca was the mom, and who was of, the dad again? Of Jacob. Right. Jacob. Right. And the daddy was Isaac. Isaac. Okay. Right. Because he stole Esau's birthright. Right. Because right. he put that hairy stuff on and... Isaac thought he was talking to Esau when he gave his birthright, but okay. he wasn't to Jacob. Okay. Now Jacob has a child, finally, through in his older age, from Rachel. Okay. So, it's Joseph. Jacob loves Joseph. He loves him more than any of the other children, and the boys all know it, okay? He gave him a coat of many colors, and that's where the story of the coat of many colors. Joseph has a coat of many colors. And Joseph, I must say, just in my interpretation, is that he was kind of spoiled because he got to buy with things. For example, when we're talking about the story here in the book of Genesis where uh, his daddy would tell him to go out and check on the brothers or whatever and check on the sheep, in the particular incident we're going to cover when he, here in a moment when he got sold into slavery, he was just wandering around in the fields, you know, la-di-da, la-di-da. Well, the other part why the brothers didn't like him, is, besides being favored, is he'd go back and tell Daddy Jacob everything the boys were doing wrong. Mm. Yeah, you know, he was just nitpicking them to death. That, that's about what it amounted to. So the boys kind of got even with him. In fact, one day, Daddy sent him back again. And by the way, when we're talking about somebody sabotaging, we're talking about somebody who's working against you. They want to see you fail. All right. So the boys saw him coming over the hill, so to speak, and they're like, let's kill him. <laughs> We're done. Wow. Now, how would it, just because Daddy liked it that much, why, why would they go to that point? Well, there was one other thing I didn't share with you, and that was he had some dreams, Joseph did, that God gave him. And that was some special talent, seriously, that God gave to him. So he had two different dreams. The first one was that all the... A uh, particular grain, hay, whatever you want to call it, the stalks of the grain were growing up, and he had his bundle, and he saw that there were other bundles there, but his bundle turned around and bowed down to him. So the other bundles were representing the brothers. Now, you're going to be crazy. We are not bowing down to you. Well, then he came up with another one <laughs> sometime later, and he tells the brothers, and he also told his daddy this one, that he sees the sun, moon, and stars, you know, uh, the 11 stars, just like the 11 bundles, but now he sees 11 stars, and the sun and the moon, they all bow down to him. Mm -hmm. That would bother Jacob. Like, what are you talking about? Do you think I, your father, am going to bow down to you? Well, these things were on the brothers' minds. <laughs> like, well, we can get rid of this dream. And <laughs> so... They turned around. They wanted to kill him. Came over the, over the hill. But the older brother said, let's not kill him. Just don't kill him. Don't kill him. 
just put him in the well. Of course, the older brother's saying, I'll go back and get him later and take him back out and get back. Because the older brother knew how much daddy loved that child. Well, they turned around and put him in a dry well. They did. But while the older brother, for some reason, he left uh, where they were at the well. And they had some people who were coming, passing by. And they said, hey, why don't we just sell it, to, sell them to them, you know? So they did. I think it was like 20 pieces of silver, if my mind's right, that they sold Joseph to. So Joseph now, he's been sabotaged really well. He He's out of commission, okay? So they worked on that. So again, that's that colleague that wants to take you out. So at work, I'd call it the colleague that wants you fired, all right? They're going to go and tell everything to the the bosses, whatever. They're going to point out everything you did wrong. And it's kind of like they lay everything out of the place. It's like, boss, what are you going to do next, you know? Yeah, for the good of the company, they got to go. Right, right. That's a sabotage. They, yeah. Or they may be the boss themselves and trying to load everything up on you. And then they're looking at their bosses. Well, there's nothing left. Steve's got to go. Let's get him <laughs> out of here. Write him up and get him. One of those uh, P maps that's done. Yeah. So that's number one. Well, as Joseph went, needless to say, on his little merry way of being sowed, <laughs> he wound up in Egypt. And so when he wound up there, he was immediately placed, uh, to my understanding, with the individual who was, let's see here, over the palace guard. Hmm, that was interesting. Um, and when he was placed over the, the palace's guard, um, he became the personal assistant in time to this particular gentleman who was over the guard. And... The guy liked him so much, he put him in charge of his own household. That was pretty cool. And so anything that dealt, again, with that guy's personal life, he took care of, Joseph did. Well, time progressed, and they had a cougar there. I think that's the common term. They had a lady, his wife, and I added the word. I'm not sure if she was older or younger. We do know that Joseph was quite handsome, according to the scripture. And anyway... She had an interest in him, and she kept asking him every day to make love to her. And he's like, look, apparently the first time it occurred, I can't do that. He says, you know, uh, your husband gave me power over everything in this house, to control his finances, you know, everything, servants. But I can't do this because you're married to him. And that's one thing he didn't give me control of. And I'm not going to do that and sin against God and do that. So apparently she kept after him and after him. So finally, one day when he went over to the house, there was no one there. There were no servants there. It was just her. Oh, my. So she grabs Hota and says, more or less, make love. That's pretty much what it says in the scripture. Well, he pulls away from her. But in doing so, he loses his cloak and he goes on out the door. Well, she starts hollering, you know, servants, servants, guards, guards, you know, you know I've been abused, la, la, la. Well, then when the husband came home, she tells him that. Well, he's all upset, so needless to say, he gets sent to prison. Okay, God believe his wife sent him to prison. But he wound up in a prison where the king himself, when he would put people in prison, apparently, and I'm just from the literature, from what I can gather, there's kind of a different type of prison. Poor man and then the people who the king wanted in prison. And typically they were the servants of the king. So he, he gets in prison. And I guess I need to go back and, and talk about the wife just a second. She was the underminer. 
she's the person who spreads rumors about people. So in a career, I would say she's not the one that's trying to take you out, but she's giving you such a bad name or he's giving you such a bad name that nobody can stand to work with you. And so they're causing you in time to really, really look bad in front of everybody else. So you kind of become the laughing stock of the, the family, if you want to call it that. Yeah. All right. So he's in prison and needless to say, the king's prison. He runs across a couple of individuals. He runs across first one that's a personal assistant and he runs across another who was the cook. Now, the, why did he run into them while he was in the prison? Well, when he was in prison, again, the, the head of the prison started liking Joseph. He thought he was a good guy, you know? So he kind of had control of taking care of all these prisoners that were in there, even though he's a prisoner too. But he was he was serving them. And remember, these are not, you know, as common term lowlifes. These are people who were high up and served the king. Well, Anyway, they had uh, two dreams. Uh, each one of the personal assistant uh, said that he turned around and had a dream and there were uh, three vines. And then after a time, the vines turned around and produced grapes. And he saw himself, you know, picking those grapes and squeezing the grapes and servicing the king, you know, wonderful grapes. Hmm. The chef, on the other hand, at the same time had some dreams and each of these individuals had the same dream twice from what I gather. And that was, he was carrying three baskets of goods that he had baked on top of his head, but on the top basket, so to speak, needless to say, the goods were being eaten by the fowl or whatever. And so he couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, Joseph interpreted both of their dreams. He did the, the good guy first, if you want to call it that the King's servant, because uh, he tells him, you know, his personal assistant, well, your dream, you know, the the three that you're talking about, the three vines, that's going to be three days. And in three days, the king's going to pardon you, and you're going to be right there with the king and, you know, giving him his grape juice again, and everything's going to be great. And then he turns over the other guys, yours doesn't look too well, dude. In three days, the king's going to call you forward as well, and by the way, He's going to kill you, and he's going to hang you, and the birds are going to be plucking at you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, you really see some. Uh, anyway, three days later, the king was having his own birthday party, apparently. And, again, he forgave his personal assistant, and so his personal assistant was servicing him. He didn't forgive the, the chef. Mm -hmm. I guess somebody could cook just as good because <laughs> he sent him to goodbye. So that was God. And you say, well, hold it now. You've talked about two different types of people um, who are not too good. And now you're going to tell us there's another one, but you kind of finished your short story. And the answer is, well, I'll call it the critic. And the critic is a one who refuses uh, to acknowledge your accomplishments. And that person is not working against you by working through others. He's working against you by working through you or in you. He's dealing with your own thoughts about yourself. Like, am I that incompetent? You know, because they, they keep telling me, you know, I must not be that good or whatever. Now, Joseph knew and everybody who he associated with knew that he had a talent from God. So that's great that Joseph was strong. But for most of us, we haven't figured out what our true talents are. Um, you know, I'm in my 30s right now. 
<laughs> and, <laughs> I, I dye my hair white, just thought I'd tell you. And, uh, you know, sometimes you kind of wonder, what are your true talents? And the reason I tell you this is because when Joseph was interpreting the dreams of the personal servant and also the uh, chef, the personal servant in particular, he told him, I told you what your dreams mean. Now, you need to remember me, though and tell the king about me so that more or less I can get out of prison. Well, I call it the critic because the person didn't do that. Forgot all about it. You know, mm -hmm. how, how could you forget something? A person who told you that your salvation, as far as the king is concerned, is right around the corner in three days. And you get in front of the king and you're back in the party again. So you just forgot about the guy who interprets your dreams. Mm -hmm. So I'll call him the critic. Maybe that's not fair, but I think it was. Because if I was sitting there and if I was Joseph, I'd be in that jail still working. Like, man, this is just horrible. What's going on here? But he didn't remember me. Right. You know? Why am I still here? Why am I didn't call me? Yeah, the guy promised me, you know? <laughs> oh, geez. However, it took about two years. And then the king was having some dreams. And the king had two separate dreams. And irrespective, they were both the same, but I'll just cover the last dream. And that was where some uh, stock was coming out of the, the water and three healthy. And then three who looked poorly fed came out and they ate the first three. And the king was telling this and his personal assistant heard it. And the king said, what does these dreams, what do they mean? And guess what? The light bulb came on. There's a guy over here in prison who can answer that. So, of course, they then summoned, the king did, for Joseph to show. He went and took a shower, shaved, you know, and got himself all looking nicely, went in front of the king. And he told the king, which is the story that we all hear. You're going to have seven good years, seven bad years. And I don't know what to tell you. Well, so the king says, well, I guess we need to do something about this. If the dream be true. But apparently he believed the dream was true because people were telling him, Joseph knows how to tell dreams. He knows how to interpret, blah, 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 blah. So then the king says, well, who are we going to appoint to oversee all this? You know, I got to have somebody who watches grain, blah, blah, blah. And then say the king came to him. I'm sure God helped him come to it. There's nobody better but Joseph. Joseph's going to do it. So the story goes on, as the Bible says, and the king appointed him as governor. There was no one above Joseph except the king. And all the people loved Joseph. Apparently he was fair, but he was trying to keep up with that grain coming in for those seven years as they were happening. And finally, from what I gathered, it was so much that was coming in. It was so good. He couldn't even keep up with it. So they just kept building the buildings and putting everything in there they could. And of course, as we don't know, the second seven years occurred. And those were the bad years. And that's when his daddy sent his brothers to him. But that'll be another story. Mm. so we had three types tonight so the question really comes to us what types would we rather have of people who don't want to help us is it the people that just kind of stand back in the background like, eh, yeah. no I just don't care for it I'm not motivated or do you want the ones who are motivated but they're motivated to see you fail mm. I'll take the first Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've worked with both <laughs> I'll take the first. Right. But I do think that we need to keep in our minds, though, that there are different types of individuals that deal with us in our daily lives, in our careers. 
there are some people that want to attack us when they think, you know, we're just too good. And there are others that just like, well, I'm just going to stay out of their way and just do everything in my own way, but I'm really not going to work with them or help them, but I'm not going to hurt them either. Right, right. And the, the go away message is, is to be aware of both folks, mm-hmm. but be good to both folks. Because if you know that you're doing what God wants you to do, if you are the best programmer out there, if you're the best statistician out there, if you're the best research analyst that's out there, if you're the best lawyer that's out there, if you're the best physician, I can keep on going. The bottom line is, if you're doing your work as if you're working for God, because he's the real master, Mm -hmm. don't worry about all these other things. Yeah, and we've talked about that a good bit, because it's tough out there in the business world. It can be very cutthroat, so, and you can feel intimidated. There's no question. So you definitely do have to keep your focus on the purpose of working for him. Yeah. But as long as we keep him, God in our minds, Jesus, we're not as intimidated. Right. I was told many a time that I needed to work harder in my life. And my question was always, to, I didn't say to him, I asked myself, am I working hard enough for God? If he's the one that's paying my wages, am I doing enough for him? And sometimes they were right. I needed to give a little bit more. And I did put more elbow grease into it. Other times, I think he's satisfied. I think we're okay. Because I'm going home tired at night. Well, I don't know anybody <laughs> that works harder than you. So oh, no, I uh, well, you didn't know me in my <laughs> earlier days. <laughs> I was like Joseph. I just kind of went to wonder around until <laughs> mom and dad said, you're going to work. <laughs> I was about 12 in the hayfield. But anyway. That's even something. Yeah, it is something. (laughs) It changed my life. That's why I went to school. Uh, (laughs) That's all I got for you, boss. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I always enjoy these stories. Mm. It's awesome. I like how you remind us of, you know, take us back. Because there's so many characters. There are characters. You can. What's that story again? So, (laughs) awesome. The Bible's got us all whipped. I hate to tell you folks, but you already know that. There's a story that somebody's already been through, whatever we're facing. It's yeah, there. Yeah. Well, there to help us. Love, drugs, rock and roll, whatever. <laughs> uh, the Bible's got it in its own perception. Yeah, yeah. It really does. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thank you for I like your hat. sharing your stories. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute hat. I like that. All right. Well, everybody have a great week and thanks for joining us. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, boss. (laughs) Take care.